Hi, podcasting from New York. They say if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. This is Pushing Boundaries. Most of today's commentary on complex social issues is binary, unproductive, and flat-out lazy. With this podcast, I'm looking to hopefully elevate these conversations, and as a lifelong educator, hopefully learn a few things along with you. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. I'm an original man. What makes me original? What makes me authentic? I'm a man who determines who I am, what I want to be, where I want to go, what I want to do. Who I am today is all based on me being original. Well, is that true? So I just read an article from Psychology Today. It's called The Problem of Desire. It's written by Neil Burton, Dr. Neil Burton. Um, and it's called speaking about the psychology and the philosophy of desire and the question of how of our originality in relationship to mastering our desires. Are my authentic dreams without the influences of yesterday's commercials or social media? Are my goals based on me or what I see? My identity, is it me? or what I see? Am I able to create styles or do I just mimic them? For certain, my biology seems to be the most accurate. I know when I have to use the bathroom. I know when I'm hungry. I feel pain. I know when something tastes good or bad. I know when something gives me pleasure. This is the most reliable of all my desires. The Latin term for desire is desidere, to long or wish for. In life, we produce life through our new experiences, but our new experiences are are driven through the desire to have them. Can we have life without desire? I just want to be an original man. Well, let's keep talking about this. Without desire, it leaves the possibility of boredom and depression. It moves us into action. Dr. Neil Burton says in The Paradox of Desires, we were born out of desires and cannot remember a time when we were without it. We are so used to desiring that we are not conscious of our desires which only registers with when they are very intense or when they come in conflict with other desires. So how do we stop desiring or how do we desire to stop desiring? Is it mindfulness? Is it meditation? In this interesting article by Dr. Neil Burton titled The Problem of Desire and the Psychology and Philosophy of Desire it had me thinking about a lot of different things. And I was just thinking like, how much control am I really, do I really have in my life? With all the stimulation that's coming from external media 
people around me, conversations, relationships. How much control do we have of our lives in really directing and dictating our outcomes and our future? Or are we just mindless, biological machines moving and reacting to the external stimuluses that have been defining us? So let's talk about some of the pitfalls of desires. And we know them because in every religious uh, organization, they speak about it. The temptation to eat from the forbidden tree. All of the things that have harmed human existence comes from that first conversation of when man was introduced to the world and was tempted and acted on their desire. We know today that sex, money, drugs, gambling, etc. Those are all things that we desire. What have consequences and outcomes after we desire them. There's also other things we desire, like religion, our careers, and fame. They all come with both positive and negative consequences. When we, when, when we don't meet those desires, they lead to pain, fear, anger, and desires of the youth versus that of an adult in the form of midlife crisis. As we accumulate things, jobs, houses, business, we struggle to acquire, we struggle to keep, and we struggle to keep from losing the things we accumulate. Our fame will then turn into infamy. And so the playing of for the other pleasure that we ultimately got from a desire at one time or another will lead to pain. One of the things that I've noticed is that just like in any relationship and we see this with children, we see this with ourselves, you know, you get a new car and you're fascinated, you studied it, you know, you read about the car, you study the car, you say, this is the car I want. You get the car after six months to a year, it's not a big deal. The car's not that important. You have a new desire, have you? So as soon as the desire is met, it is no longer a desire. What's next? If we were the last humans on earth, there's no one after us. There only is us today, living the lifespan that our bodies allow us to have. What would fame be? Accumulation, wealth, what would it matter? What would envy matter? Where would our values be? And how would our desires shift and change? In the, in the notion that we only have one life to live, what would be different about our desires? Arthur Schopenhauer states, although we are able to perceive and reason, our intellect is not designed or equipped to pass through the veil of illusions and apprehend the true nature of reality. To simplify this quote, he describes it as a giant, a blind giant carrying a lame man or a man who can't speak but can see. This man is very small on the shoulders of a giant, attempting to lead the giant. 
the giant is moving based on his or her intuition or desire. How then does the lame man or the man who's sitting on the shoulder communicate to the giant that the desire can lead to danger or that the giant's will is the result of something that's stimulated by the environment that's unreal? Something that is an illusion. Something that is being communicated physically to the giant through a sort of Morse code of tapping by the man on the shoulders. Three taps means go left. Two taps means go right. Clap on the ears means stop. How do we, as the big, giant, a blind giant, deny our desires? How do we ignore them? How do we find them unacceptable? How do we rename them in a way that gives us the authenticity of information? In relationships between two human beings, how do we know that our relationship is not built on lust versus love? When is it lust? When is it love? When does it evolve from lust to love? Can it evolve to lust and love? Are those desires real? Schopenhauer says in his quote, the most powerful manifestation of the will or desire is the impulse for sex. It is, he says, the will to life of the yet unconceived offspring that draws man or women together in a delusion of lust and love. But with the task accomplished, their shared delusion dies down and they return to their original narrowness and neediness. We see this every day in the growing divorce rates and the failure of relationships and that once we reach past the stages of lust, the distraction and the illusion disappears. The reality sets in, in terms of who the person we're dealing with is in front of us, the habits, the behaviors, the nuances. At this point, what desires are driving me to stay? Driving me to invest, driving me to, to pay attention? Are we moving then into our selfish needs and seeing like, what can I get from this? What can you get versus what can I get? How am I gonna benefit versus you benefit? And it becomes a business dealing. In support of this, Schopenhauer says, we often don't know what we desire or fear. For years, we can have a desire without admitting it to ourselves or even letting it come to a clear consciousness because the intellect is not to know anything about it since the good opinion we have of ourselves would inevitably suffer thereby. But if the wish is fulfilled, we get to know from our joy, not without a feeling of shame, that this is what we desire. How much control do we have? Let's talk about it. For instance, your New Year's resolution. Statistically speaking, the majority of people that set New Year's resolution fail to, over, to ever realize them. It's like, can we actually control so many desires to get to a, that resolution? 
the things that we do control and that are very that come very easily to us in terms of the, our desires are things like what are you wearing today eating scrambled egg versus hard-boiled egg a selection of meals one time you get up what time to go to bed those are things that you can easily control so how have we tried to prevent or control our desires some of the things that people do is they try to have external denials you know um, I'm not gonna drink um, I'm, I'm not gonna do anything that's associated with drink so I'm not gonna go to social events where there's drinking um, I'm not gonna have alcohol in the, in the house um, I'm going to go have a support group where that, you know, I'm building a community of people of like-minded. This is a strategy that we know of. But I think there's another strategy here that we have to offer. And that is, what desires are natural and what desires are unnatural? And the natural desires are, are biological. Unnatural desires are stimulated externally. They're socially determined. So the natural desire, for example, is your need to satisfy your hunger or thirst. And an unnatural desire, you're trying to please, impress, or surpass someone else. What's original about you? I'm an original man. So I say. Thanks for listening to Pushing Boundaries. Once again, my name is Sharif Rucker. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please do me a favor by commenting, subscribing, and sharing this podcast with everyone you know. All of these things are free and take very little effort, but would mean the world to me. Thanks again and stay tuned.